This is what the text says in Hebrews chapter uh, chapter 3. It says, today if you will hear his voice. Uh, when I was a younger fellow, running around younger people, and sometimes we would be separated for a while, and being young, when we'd get together, there's usually someone who would sneak up behind you and put his hands over your eyes and say, guess who? And you're supposed to identify them either by their hands or by the voice. Basically, it was by the voice. Now, that hasn't happened to me in a long, long time. But something else has happened, and it happens every now and then, and it may be happening to you as well. Somebody will call on the telephone, and they'll talk to you and ask you how you're doing and go on in a conversation, and you keep talking to them, and they'll say, do you know who this is? And if you're like me, you don't. You don't recognize the voice. Or you recognize the voice or you don't recognize the speaker. So that, that becomes a, a, a difficulty for us in being able to recognize the voice. Now, there's some good Bible examples along this line. In the early history of Israel, Israel had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And one boy was a was sort of a rough guy, and he had uh, hairy arms and hairy hands and so forth. And that, that was Esau. And Jacob was a smoother sort of a fellow. And they wanted, Jacob wanted a, a favor from his father. He wanted the blessings of the firstborn. And so he and his mother sort of cooked up a scheme so that he could fix a meal for his father and bring it to him and and, and uh, persuade him to, to give him the blessings of the firstborn. So when he did, Israel felt his hands. He, he felt the hands of, of uh, or not Israel, but Isaac. Isaac felt the hands of Jacob. And he said, you have the hands of Esau, but the voice of Jacob. So he didn't recognize the voice. I mean, he didn't recognize the individual and compare it with the voice. On another occasion, there was a, an old priest or a prophet by the name of Eli, and he had taken in a son of a Hannah and had agreed to raise this boy in his own home, and his name was Samuel. And so he, as he was raising the boy one night, the Lord came to Samuel and, and spoke to him. And Samuel got up and went to, to where Eli was laying. He said, what? He didn't recognize what He thought maybe it was Eli. And Eli said, I, it wasn't me. So he went back to bed. The voice came again. He jumped up and ran in to Eli. What? What? wasn't me, Eli said. The third time he did it, Eli said, well, go back and listen for a while. So he did, and God spoke to Samuel and gave him some instructions. In the New Testament, there's an example of a man by the name of Saul. And he had, he had been persecuting Christians. And he was on his way from Jerusalem to Damascus, which was a long ways away. And he was, he was going to persecute Christians in Damascus and bring them bound back, back to Jerusalem. 
And he was confronted on the road to Damascus with a bright light and a voice that stopped him in his tracks. And when he heard the voice, he said, Who are you? So he didn't know who he was. So what we're talking about is voices that we're really not sure who they are, who they belong to. And as a result of this, sometimes we, we become mixed up in the voice that we're listening to it and we're not really sure of it. Now, I think if you heard these voices or these characters, you might recognize them. Now, I would when I was a kid. I, I knew the voice of Woody Woodpecker. And I knew the voice of Elmer Fudd. You wascally wabbit. He, when he was hunting Bugs Bunny. Hey, what's up, Doc? Or whatever it was. Anyway, if you heard those voices, you could probably identify those characters. And for those later in time, the Simpson voices, the Muffet, vo Muffet voices, the Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy and so forth, we can, we can identify those voices. And even with some of our movie stars, our favorite movie stars that we've, we've heard from time to time on the silver screen, we could probably identify the voice of John Wayne or the voice of, of Clint Eastwood or the voice of Humphrey Bogart or the voice of Lucille Ball, or the voice of Minnie Pearl. I'm naming some that I could recognize. <laughs> there may be some voices that you'd recognize that I couldn't from, from movie stars. Now, recognizing voices sometimes becomes a problem because voices change. And if, if you... Well, you, you would agree with me that when a person is angry, their voice changes. When a person is emotional, their voice changes. When a person is romantic, their voice changes. When a voice is complaining, when a person is complaining, the voice changes. So there is a, there is a problem in trying to understand and recognize a voice. There is a new science, and I say new, it's just over the past few years, and the, the computer technology is really working at it to get voice recognition on your telephones and on your computers. Now, they're not trying to identify who you are necessarily. Some of them may. But voice recognition allows you to say something to your television or say something to your computer or say something to your telephone and get a response that you're looking for. So, some have said, hey, voices are probably just as, as distinct as a fingerprint. So, there are those who have developed a system of voice recognition and identification in forensic science, identifying criminals by the voice. But, it, but there's a problem in this. And the problem comes in modulation, the, the problem comes in in the volume, the problem comes in a number of different ways, but most of all, the problem comes from the one who's hearing the voice and trying to identify it. So they said, okay, what we'll do is, we'll just take a recording of a voice and another recording of a voice and we'll compare them and we'll look at them on a chart and we'll let the, we'll let the uh, technology compare the voices. 
And so they've sent some people to prison on voice analysis. And then they've had to release them on DNA evidence. The problem being, and the most elaborate of all the systems that they're in place right now is called one called uh, BATVOX, B-A-T-V-O-X. And it's, it's a uh, forensic technology that compares voices, voice analysis, so that, com- that a person who is, who is uh, accused of a crime can be identified. And what they've said is that, that it cannot be done mechanically by itself. And you can see this, I can see this, because the recording can be flawed. So it, it comes down that what they brought it down to is we, we've done the technology and we can get it so far, but then we have to bring the human involvement into it. We have to bring the human ear in to hear what, what's being said and try to uh, analyze it. And another problem is that it takes months and months and months to train people on this particular technology. And so of the hundreds of these machines that are out there, there are very few operators that are able to use them. And then they're trying to accommodate them and make them better by bringing the human element in. Well, sometimes the human element is at fault. Sometimes the ear cannot hear what it thinks it's hearing. Now, understand me. As you get older, you begin to lose your hearing. Most people do. Because, because of this, you cannot identify sounds like you used to. So, so what it's coming down to is not just the voice. It's the one who hears the voice. The one who's listening. Jesus found this to be true when he came to this earth. He said, you have ears that are dull of hearing. Isaiah prophesied of it, and he said, "He said, you, some of you stopped your ears." In Isaiah chapter six, verse nine and ten. So the difficulty is not in the voice as as such. The difficulty becomes, in in order, in other words, to get them together. The difficulty comes in the way you hear the voice. Now. This has been a problem for a long time. When humanity first began, Adam and Eve in the garden, the voice of God was in the garden. But his was not the only voice. The voice of God was in the garden and there was another voice. Adam was told, God told Adam after, after he and Eve had taken of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God told Adam, he said, you listen to the voice of your wife. And Eve, in turn, had listened to the voice of the serpent. So it wasn't the voice that was the problem. It was the listener. It was the person hearing that voice. Now, it it became such a problem that when God revealed the Ten Commandments on the Mount Sinai, he repeated a statement. Moses started out by saying, if you will obey the voice of the Lord your God. So it wasn't a matter of whether or not God could make himself clear and present himself. It was a matter of whether or not 
they wanted to hear what he had to say and would actually respond to it. So that, that phrase, hear, the, hear and obey the voice of the Lord your God, became a refrain that ran throughout the entire Old Testament. Obey the voice of your God. And it, it was something that just continued on and on and on. And sadly, man wouldn't hear. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 1 at verse 1 says, God who at sundry times of divers manners spoke to the fathers by the prophets. So the prophets were speaking and the, and the prophets usually said, Thus saith the Lord when they were, when they were setting forth what, the, what God wanted them to do. Thus saith the Lord. But we weren't hearing it. We didn't want to hear it. Jesus made the statement in John chapter 5, verse 27. He says, You have neither heard the voice of the Lord nor seen His shape. He said, You haven't heard. Now, friends, that, that's not possible that they could not have heard, is it? The voice was there. But Jesus is saying, You have never heard the voice of the Lord. Interesting, isn't it? It is stated, it has been written, it's plain, the prophet said it, but nobody heard it. They didn't hear it. They would not hear it. God's word today, and then after Jesus, is the voice of Jesus. When Jesus went up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and was transfigured in front of them, and in, in, in uh, Jesus' presence there was Moses and Elijah, and Peter jumped up impetuously and said, "Hey, let's make some let's make some uh, let's make some uh, some places to worship for you fellows, all three of them. Let's make tabernacles for for three of you, one for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus." And a great voice from heaven said, "This is my beloved son; hear ye him. Hear him." So all along, God has been telling the children of Israel. Hear my words. And now then, in the New Testament, Jesus said, when he, when he came, He said, You haven't been listening. And then God Himself spoke, and He said, This is my Son, hear ye Him. And you know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7? One of our favorite texts, really, if you, you've probably heard it time and again over your life. Jesus said, He that hears, hears these words, and hears these words of mine, these sayings of mine, and does them, I will liken unto him, liken him unto a wise man that built his house on a rock. He that hears and does not do them, I'll liken unto a man who builds his house on the sand. He that hears these sayings, Jesus says, if you hear these sayings and you build your house on the rock, you, you'll, you'll be blessed. Then he advised us, to hear what the Spirit says, John did at least in the book of Revelation. And, and that's an interesting book. That's what we sometimes call the last book in the Bible. But the first two chapters in that book, chapters 2 and 3, actually repeat the phrase, hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Hear. Hear what the Spirit says. Okay. So the problem is hearing. And, and that, that becomes our problem. And that's the problem we all have, of hearing what God has to say. 
In 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, there was a prophet by the name of Elijah. You remember the story? Elijah was, was in a contest with the, with the uh, 450 prophets of Baal, Baal, the old heathen god. And Jezebel and her husband Ahab were part of this whole story. And they had, they had a contest and, and Elijah stood basically by himself. Well, Elijah actually prevailed in the contest, but then he found that he was by himself. So he got discouraged, and he left the area. And he, 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 uh, he, he went to a place, a high place in the mountains, and he crawled off in a cave. And a voice came to him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And Elijah was discouraged. He thought, I'm the only one that's worth anything. God told him later, he said, I have 7,000 men that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. But Elijah had gotten the, the idea that he was all by himself and he was off in a cave. God said, what, what are you doing here? And he, he said, uh, he began to tell what, what he had done, what his adventures were, and he wasn't happy with it. And then it says that a strong wind passed by. They said God wasn't in the wind. Then there was a strong earthquake that shook the ground. God wasn't there either. Then there was a raging fire. The God passed by in the fire. He wasn't in the fire either. Then there was a small, still voice that spoke to him and said, I, I need you to do something, Elijah. You've got to go down and you've got to crown the king Hazael over the Syrians. And, and you have to crown Jehu over the Israelites. And you've got to find a fellow by the name of Elisha, your successor prophet. So Elijah heard the voice of the Lord, but it was a small, still voice. I've thought about this a lot. And I've thought about the fact that that we've heard the, the Scriptures. If you've read the New Testament, you've heard the voice of God. If you've sat in a Sunday school class or Bible class, you've heard the voice of the Lord. If your mother has read to you at nighttime from Bible stories, you've heard the voice of the Lord. You've heard it in Sunday school. You've heard it in church. You've heard it probably in conversation. And you may have been re even read about it in newspapers and journals and so forth. And on the internet. You've probably heard all of that. If we're waiting to hear the voice of the Lord and a great thunder, we're probably, probably waiting for the wrong thing. The Word of the Lord is in the Gospel. We know that. The Word of the Lord is, is presented to us by Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what uh, God told Peter, James, and John. We may not listen to it if we hear it from our family or our friends or our parents or the preacher. We may not listen to it. We may not listen, we may not hear it when, when we're sitting in the pews and listening to the preacher. We may not hear it. Might not, might not soak in. We just may not hear that word. Very possibly that uh, we will, we're going to hear it during a time of reflection. Very possibly. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I really don't think you're going to hear the, 
word of the Lord in a time of disaster. I don't think you're going to hear the word of the Lord in a time of distress. I don't, I don't believe you're going to hear the voice of the Lord when you're under great pressures or when you're having great fun. I think you're going to hear the word of the Lord when you're contemplating things, when you're by yourself, when everything's quiet, when you're remembering times from your youth. You're going to hear the word of the Lord when you remember something you heard somebody say that they read from the Gospels. You're going to hear the word of the Lord when it's, it's silent. And Jesus said this. He said, my sheep know my voice. So you're going to hear it. You're going to hear the word of the Lord when, when you're reflecting upon the things of life. And when you hear the word of the Lord, it will probably be, that is, when you finally come to it and say, okay, Lord, I, I, I hear your voice. You're going to be like the dry bones in Ezekiel 37. The dry bones in Ezekiel 37, God said, Ezekiel, go talk to these bones. He said, hear the word of the Lord. And when they did, the bones got up and got all together. You've probably heard the song. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Then they were made flesh. They got up and moved. So it may be when you hear, finally hear the voice of the Lord in that way, you will rise up and say, okay, I'm ready, Lord. I've heard your voice. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. Now this, this is the modern situation in hearing voices. Uh, Paul said there's many kind of voices in this world and yet, none of them are without distinction or, or, or a purpose. That's in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 10. There are social voices calling out for your attention. There are popular voices. Everybody's doing it, telling you that it's okay, that you can do whatever you want to do, that you don't have to be concerned about what the Bible says. The Bible's old-fashioned. There are serene songs, siren songs, urging you to come do something that you shouldn't be doing. And, and in order to recognize God's voice and to be familiar with it, we, we, have to, we have to understand it and know it. Now, you're not going to know God's voice unless you know something about Jesus. Whatever voice you hear today, unless you know Jesus, unless you've read His book, unless you've heard, his, heard this book read, you're not going to recognize that voice. It will it'll be unrecognizable. There's so many voices in this world calling out in so many different ways a cacophony of sounds and of, of uh, appeals that you won't recognize the voice of Jesus unless you have heard it in the Gospels and are familiar with it. Just like the fellow that comes up behind you and puts his hands around your eyes and says, you know who this is? Unless we know the voice of Jesus, we won't know who He is. And here's the problem, friend. In John chapter 5, in verse 25, it says, The hour is coming when all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and shall come forth. That one of these days, one of these days, this world's going to end. You're going to go to the grave and there's going to be a voice 
That's the voice of Jesus. He's going to say, get up, come to judgment. We'll want to be able to recognize that voice, I think. Matter of fact, he says in verse 28 and 29, he says, All that are in the grave shall hear his voice, shall come forth. They that have done good unto the righteousness unto life, they that have done evil, resurrection unto damnation. So the voice of God, the voice of Jesus, is going to sound one more time. If we're not familiar with it, it's going to, it's going to have the wrong sound to it. But he's going to call. And we're going to come back. So what do I say? What do I say to end this lesson this morning? Hear the voice of the Lord. Hear the voice of the Lord. Let's stand together and sing the song of invitation.